Hey everyone, this is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian, and today we're going to review the film The School for Good and Evil, a Netflix film. And this film stars Sophia Ann Caruso as Sophie, Sophia Wiley as Agatha. So that's <laughs> they both have the same name <laughs> in real life. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Flatters as Tedros. I really don't remember them saying his name. Um, Charlize Theron as Lady Lesso. Kit Young as Rafal. Carrie Washington as Clarissa Dovey. Michelle Yale, I think, as Professor. Ooh, I can't see the rest of the name. <laughs> <laughs> Professor <laughs> Anaman. Um, there's a lot of other people in here, but those are like the main. <clears throat> and then Kate Blanchett is a historian. Um, and oh, Lawrence Fishburne. Not realize that. Yeah, I didn't know it till looking at the cast either. Uh, I knew it was a familiar voice, but I couldn't remember who it was. Um, and then of course Lawrence Fishburne is a schoolmaster and older um, person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention him. Um, but this film was about best friends Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of an epic battle when they're swept away into an enchanted school where aspiring heroes and villains are trained to to protect the balance between good and evil. So what did you get from the Netflix original film, The School for Good and Evil? Yeah, so I... I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, it is a kid's movie, but it definitely has you know enough thought and um, definitely enough actors to um, interest adults. So it's not a scary movie, but it falls in the Halloween theme, um, witches and magic and things. Um, but yeah, and, and Lawrence Fishburne, I mean, anything he's in, I've watched several times. So I thought it was... <laughs> a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Initially, I thought that it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be until I really thought about it and we got towards the end. Interesting. It does go, It does a point where it goes on and you forget you're watching the same movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, and I would say it is for kids. And in other moments, I'm like, this is not for kids. Yeah, a little, a little adult, a little, a little graphic. Um, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like Twitches, like in, in that universe. Um, Wait, what is that? I, I remember the name. Twitches was the movie with um, Tia and Tamara. Ah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. Mari, yeah. I remember. They were the, the twin witches. Um, it kind of gave some of those vibes. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie Ella Enchanted, but... Um, that into the woods except less dramatic um just given the, the storytelling nature of it all 
Yeah, I mean, it is pretty interesting. Um, some of it doesn't exactly make sense. And mm-hmm. even though it's called the school of good and evil, it should be called the school of gray area. The school of gray area? Maybe that's not the best name, but I don't think there's just a straight down the middle good and evil. Like some of the people that are supposed to be good aren't exactly good people. I gotcha. I, and I think that's what one of the characters is trying to point out throughout the film um, and is definitely clear towards the end um, that that there are not necessarily inherently good or evil things. Everything has a consequence. Um, and there's a comment at the end that I think should have been expounded upon more that wasn't. Um, but um, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get straight into it. So we have uh, Sophie and Agatha. Um, They both live lives that they're not really enjoying. Um, Sophie, she dreams of being a princess and um, being a good person or whatever. Um, But her family kind of sucks. I think she was adopted. and um, Adopted or either the stepchild or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I know her mother isn't maybe her actual mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's they they come across some kind of um, fairy tale later on. But Agatha, um, she kind of lives across the way somewhere in the town. But her family is looked at as witches. And I think her her mother maybe was a witch, but she's a terrible witch. So none of her potions work. Um, and I guess uh, Agatha is like a witch name. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, you know, they, their lives suck and they're tired of living in this town. So one day they come across this fairy tale about this. Uh, the school for good and evil. And Sophie's very interested in it. And she pretty much just wants to run away and go to the school. But. Nobody really knows how to get there. It's almost like a myth, but mm-hmm. Sophie kind of g- gets into it. And um, Agatha, he, I mean, she, she's really not into it. Um, she just wants to just stay under the radar and keep her friend because they are best friends. Um, like, yeah, life sucks, but I do, in fact, like you and my mom. So that's all I need. <laughs> all right you want to read everything <laughs> but yeah sophie wants to just chase this fairy tale um and somehow she hears that she needs to go out in the night in this dark forest which is very dangerous um but she ends up going out there um and also she told agatha that she wasn't going to go out there she was going to stay right. but she ended up going anyway but agatha follows her and is like i knew you were gonna um do this so she tries to change her mind again, but before they can leave, this dark cloud that's shaped like a human <laughs> comes running and grabs her and drags her to, uh, I guess, the end of the forest. And Agatha jumps on with her, and they end up getting souped up by this big giant bird. Um, and it looks like they're in a lot of danger, but... <laughs> This big bird very carries violent. them to. You said what? It is a very violent bird. Yes. <laughs> Look like 
an eagle that would just rip you to shreds. But um, this bird starts carrying them to some faraway place where what they've heard about is the school of good and evil. So the evil school, the evil part of the school is in, you know, darkness and clouds and rain or whatever. And the good part has all the sunshine. Hmm. Um, and Sophie thinks thinks that, you know, she's destined for the good side, but she gets dropped on the bad side and Agatha ends up on the good side. Um, and then they kind of go their separate ways, trying to figure out how to get back. Or at least um, Agatha is trying to figure out how to get back home. <laughs> right, Agatha wants to get home, and Sophia wants to get. Uh, Sophie wants to get to the good side, um, and the schools are separate except for the cafeteria, I guess. Um, so most of the story takes place, but um, they go on a series of different lessons um, where they learn about how to be evil and how to be good. Um, and both Sophie and Agatha rebel in those classes, um, but they are doing well regardless of how they, how they rebel. And it's pretty clear that Sophie is pretty self-centered. Um, and that is not good. Well, Agatha um, is wanting the best for Sophie and more so than herself, which I guess is intrinsically good in this universe. Yeah. Um, Agatha, she um, really cares for other people. And that's what I guess makes her truly good. And uh, Carrie Washington as Clarissa Dovey in the film. Um, she is, I guess, the main teacher for the good side. And she's mm -hmm. always happy and talking about, you know, all these sprinkles or whatever. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe not sprinkles, but flowers. Um, yeah. Charlize Theron, she is the bad teacher. And um, I guess they promote them to do bad things, like kill right. people. But right. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and um, the uh, the students are all children of like classic uh, fairy tale villains and heroes, like the Wicked Witch and um, evil stepmother and, um, and the good side, King Arthur's son, um, Prince Charming's son. Um, the good side's pretty sexist. I mean, it's it's either you're a princess or um, a prince. Uh, no in between. Um, the bad side is full of much more <laughs> fairy tale diversity, I guess, is ogres and um, witches and just evil beings, I guess, which is interesting. Um, I thought more of the story would be about, I mean, more of the, like, most of the story is about them and the, their classmates, but um, more like uh, Harry Potter, I guess, where like the story of the focus is on the kids. Um, but really, the story more so focuses on um, the headmaster uh, and um, and good and evil, I guess, as a concept. Um, we skipped in the summary in the very beginning of the film. There's a flashback, I guess, or I don't know. But um, there's two brothers, appear to be twins, are identical, both played by Kit Young, um, who are, I guess, the originators of good and evil, always fighting in balance. And we see that the evil one tries to overtake the good one one last time. Um, and the good one is forced to kill the evil one. So good has won. And um, this is who becomes the schoolmaster. Um, good guy, 
so that's why all the stories that are written um, have good um, endings, or so we think. Um, and all the while, this is being narrated by a book who is a sentient character in the movie. Yes. Um, and throughout this film, I don't know why the teachers of the school didn't question the headmaster more because mm. um, so Rafal is the bad twin brother that we thought had died and Sophie or I mean Agatha and Sophie really they both see some kind of vision of Rafal mm -hmm. and um, all the teachers know that you know he's a really bad person he was a twin brother that had died um, way before the school had been opened and um, they mentioned this to the headmaster and he's just like, oh, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> like, right. what? Like, yeah, everything should be. A... <laughs> you see things. Here's a magic book that talks. Like, everything should be on lockdown. Like, we should be, like, this should be like a bomb threat out of school. Right, right. <laughs> Lord Voldemort is alive. <laughs> he, he doesn't tell anybody. He's like, oh, you know, you're in the right place. Just go <laughs> back to school. <laughs> Um, and that kind of plays into what we find out at the end, but, um, throughout the film, there's a lot of, uh, Sophie trying to escape the bad side and, um, fighting amongst her classmates saying that she doesn't belong there, but the more she fights, the more it shows that she does belong there. And then, um, Agatha, she does make some friends while she's there. I think the one guy who kind of shows up at the beginning. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, she's constantly trying to get away and tell um, everybody, including the teacher, about how the place isn't really, really that great of a place. It's not as good as they think. There's more gray area in there. Nobody's really just truly good or just evil. And yeah. um, which is true. You know, there's ups and downs. And uh, the guy that she kind of befriends, um, I guess they have rules where. You can't break them, or you just right. get. If you if you fail three or three lessons, then you get kicked out. So we think you get kicked out, but it's actually much more evil. Um, <laughs> instead of getting kicked out, you are either turned into a death bird um, that captures children in the night to bring them to this school, um, or you get turned into fish that grant wishes. Um, those are the two options. So, yeah, I don't know. But that sounds like a personal hell. I don't think uh, <laughs> that's very good. Um, and they don't really know bad. that. They they don't really know that. Like they just disintegrate, and it just people just think they're gone at first. Right, right. Um, we don't realize it until uh, Agatha uses her good powers when she goes to the Wishing River, where everyone else is wishing for a prince and wealth and health. She just looks at the river, um, reaches her hand down, and these fish come up and swirl, uh, and turns to a little girl who had failed hundreds of years ago, um, and, and she wished her free. And apparently the, the professor, um, Kerry Washington's character, says, oh my gosh, you're very powerful. You're disrupting the status quo. Um, gotta stop doing this. And then this... Um, 
I guess um, we're further along than I thought we were. For it. So um, there is a one of those birds that comes up, attacks her, or so we think, or so people think attacks her, but she knows that that hasn't happened because her best friend, or this guy who she had met, who's very nice, um, I think Prince Charming's son, um, had failed his lessons and was gone, but she sensed that that was him. And then King Arthur's son comes and kills him to rescue her damsel in distress, which she's very upset by. And this is the part where this isn't really a kid's movie because, first of all, catching that that is Prince Charming's son, who's now turned into this bird, and then also killing him. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's why I thought there was some crossover between it being a kid's movie and not so much of a kid's movie. Right. Um, you've enslaved these failed princesses um, to grant people wishes, and <laughs> you, you turn these poor boys into evil bird things <laughs> that don't have any feathers, meat, or bones. They're just bones. They're there to carry off um, new students, to, to recruit right. new students. But very violently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then also um, the main prince guy, uh, it, it didn't work for me when they said who was the true love. I mean, it it made more sense the first girl that they had because uh-huh. they were together at first, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then by the end, it ends up being Agatha. I'm like, what? where did this come from? Like they were against each other the whole time. Now they're just, you know, kissing. Like, what? what is this? Yeah, it, it kind of, I mean... It had a hard time deciding if it was going to be a stereotypical fantasy film or break all the stereotypes. Um, And I think the only people that have done this correctly is Shrek, um, (laughs) breaking fairytale stereotypes. But they tried. Yeah. And I mean, they build up for the most part. Sophie is the one who wants the guy, Um, but she's stuck in the bad school. And they're not supposed to mingle together. Um, And that's how she kind of plays into um, turning or embracing the bad side when uh, what they think is some kind of vision of her fall. It actually is him. Um, And he approaches Sophie in the mirror or whatever and tells her, you know, if you want something, take it. Don't just stand by and let everybody tell you what you want or what you can do and uh she does embrace it so she turns into a bad girl just to show off for the prince that i guess everybody wants and there's a back and forth between him trying to uh get agatha because he thinks she's now the most worthy to be the, the princess or um looking at sophie but Sophie, you know, she's really thirsty throughout the film. Um, she's really after him. But um, there's some kind of a test that they have to do. Sophie and the main prince, Tedros, um, to prove that good and evil can, uh, I guess, marry or be together. Mm-hmm. So, so they have to go to this forest that they went to earlier in the film with uh, a jack-o'-lantern that can turn into a real person and, I guess, kill you. And roses 
that bite like a Venus flytrap. But probably a much worse. Right. <laughs> I don't think the the Venus flytraps actually hurt you. But um Agatha, being the, the good friend that she is, wants her to pass. Um, because at this point it doesn't seem like she really cares for that prince at all. She just wants to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um but I think at this point also they were given their powers. Um, and she was able to turn into a bird and go in there and cheat for her and um, save Sophie. But Tedros looks as that <clears throat> looks at that as a way that she cheated Sophie. Mm-hmm. So they throw in the flag and, you know, they end up not being together. And then that's when she just goes off the rails completely and completely gives in to uh, Rafal his suggestions and he gives her this evil power. I think a taste of his power. And she just turns into the, this little troll. <laughs> yeah. Um, evil, evil looks ugly. Um, Very. It, yeah. She was, she looked rough. Her nose drew four, four sizes. Um, she became the evil hag that you might think of in Snow White. Um as she embraces her evil nature. Like, wow, they made her look really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty much uh, at after that, after she turns into the most ugliest troll ever, um, she tricks the good people or the good side to um, attack her. And um, now she's saying that since good attacked evil they're not good anymore so i guess their blemishes show and now the evil people their clothes are lighter (laughs) (laughs) yeah they kind of flip the script and evil becomes good and good becomes evil because good attacked evil first and good doesn't do that interesting logic um they just change clothes right somehow it just (laughs) makes everything flip um yeah, <laughs> the, the logic, the magic of this place is interesting. How the rules work and can change them down like that. Um, not sure how that all works, um, but I think that part of it, yeah, it's what's going on. But I thought what was much more interesting was what was going on behind the scenes with um, with uh, Rafal and um, who we thought was his brother. Um, the headmaster. Um, and I guess they do a good job of making it not very obvious, I guess, what um, is going on to the very end. And it led up to what, to me, that the last few scenes um, kind of reminded me of the ending of uh, Loki with um, Kang, He Who Remains, kind of just exposition, world ending conversation, which I thought was really neat. Yeah, um, I didn't expect Rafal <clears throat> or the, the headmaster to actually be Rafal, the bad person the right. whole time. So he, he made up this scheme for years to find the right person. <laughs> yeah, he was waiting on evil and um, he found it in this vain little girl. Um, and 
since he had found evil, he gave her his blood magic, um, and so she could be even more evil, and then has to marry her. Um, he needs to be evil's bride to rule the world. Um, but one thing I thought that was interesting is that he explained that um, since he had killed his brother, actually, and pretended to be good, he's put evil in every story, and evil does win, um, thinking about kind of the the grim versions of fairy tales, like um, mermaids, you know, giving up their voice, and their legs being split, and you know, violent really, just to, for a prince's love, and um, kind of the acts that we don't think of, but are could be seen as inherently evil that good was doing the entire time. So I don't know who the universe, like, who these people answer to, or you know, if the headmaster is the goddess universe it's kind of unclear um but i don't know he almost got away with it yeah but i don't see why he had to wait for a bride like the school the, the school wasn't there before he made it couldn't he just take over everything i i don't know if he didn't think he was powerful enough on his own and somehow, but he gave her extra powers. I don't know. So he, I'm guessing that he is the source of all the powers. Maybe. I mean, you could, maybe these two were beginning of time. Um, and, you know, this battle of good and evil has been going because they exist. But that doesn't quite make sense if one of them being gone, the world is still balanced. I mean, <laughs> when he killed good, I guess the world should have all been evil. But I guess he's arguing it wasn't because now he needs to marry her to make it truly evil. That, you know, you dig into it, it gets a little more gray. Um, I, I see what you're saying. Um, this, so this, I did find out this is based off of a book series, three books. Um, so maybe they take more time to flesh out these things um, in the books, but two and a half hours with a movie, they, they cover a lot, but still have a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm just seeing why he needs this diabolical plan to rule the world when he got rid of all the good. He could have built his empire from there. Yeah. <laughs> And also, is he young or old? I don't know. Like, did he just imagine what an older his self would look like and just <laughs> gradually get older so no one would notice? Or because whenever he turned to his evil self, he was young again. <laughs> He's always been young. <laughs> right. I was also confused. I didn't I didn't understand how old these people were. I was under the impression that like Sophie and Agatha were like 12, 13. But he was like marrying her. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess they're older. I don't. I was thinking more high school age. High school age. But still, yeah, he's, you know, like six, seven hundred, eight, eight hundred more years older than yeah, that. That's what I think. <laughs> And also, uh, one issue that I had was, I mean, not an issue, but it, I don't know, it just came out of nowhere. 
when they said the true love's kiss, it ended up being with Agatha and Sophie. Yes. I was like, that that really took me by surprise. It just has to be love in its purest form. And it doesn't necessarily have to be intimate. It could be love of two friends. So they said, we don't need a man. But that was intimate, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. <laughs> And and then they turn around and say that uh, the prince and um, Agatha now they're together, like they like each other. Like what? I... Yeah, we leap pretty fast, pretty far, um, or pretty far, pretty fast, rather. Um, no, you just gotta end this. Get in this <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm like, what is going on? I guess he was always attracted to Agatha because, you know, she wasn't like the other princesses. But, I mean, it wasn't reciprocated. Like, she was, no. you know, she she didn't really like him like that. Mm-hmm. The whole time she's just trying to get home, she was trying to push um, Sophie on him because she really wanted him. And then just out of nowhere, oh, yeah, you know, that's my true love. What? I, yeah. That was strange. And then also, um, towards the end, whenever they figure out that Rafal is alive, the, the professors and deans of the school, um, let's see, Michelle Yao's character makes a comment because she teaches, I think, what was it beauty um, in the School of Good? She made a comment that she, before that, she was the historian for the school. And so I was like wondering, like, does this mean there was a big change with leadership? Like, when did that happen? When did good become stupid? Like, there's more of a story there. Maybe more interesting. Maybe. Probably why there should have been a, a setup for uh, a um, trilogy, rather than, since there are three books, rather than just kind of squashing it all into one. <laughs> and also, when um, Carrie Washington, her character, when she found mm-hmm. out that um, Rafal was back, and Agatha told her, and Agatha said that, you know, the headmaster, he already, like, we, we told him. Why mm-hmm. didn't she question the headmaster? She questioned ah. um, Lady Lasso, right. um, Charlize <laughs> Theron. Like, what? He is the center of all of this. Like, he is over the school. Why wouldn't you go to him? Why, why yeah, wouldn't you? She was a little not, she wasn't all there or, or you know, um, didn't feel like she was the smartest being. Um, her and Lady Lesso kind of felt like elves, like head elves. Like they know what's going on, but they really can't make any decisions here. No. Um, they're just a teacher of that classroom but um i mean it's an okay film but nothing special nothing nothing extremely special i mean anytime you get away from traditional fairy tales that's interesting um like having charlie's theon theron uh carrie washington and lawrence fishburne in a movie awesome um the diversity in the film was fairly good, so much appreciated. Um, it was 
most hearts were interesting to look at. I mean, the School of Evil had different like characters. I mean, they had like the I forget the Minotaurs, I think, or whatever. It's like the half human bull thing. Um, a couple of those. Um, I thought the fairies were interesting design. They had like sharp teeth and didn't really talk. Um, and kind of just nipped at you to go in the right direction. It's interesting. But the, the world building that was there was interesting. You know, um, one movie that I would like to see a sequel for is that one that Will Smith played in with the Netflix series. It was with the fairies and that movie was awful. <laughs> what was it called? I forgot. Uh, I want to say it's bright. That wasn't bright burn. Oh, was something oh, else. No, no, I think it was called Bright. Bright. Yes. The movie was just the movie was just <laughs> about police brutality and profiling and racism against <laughs> fairy tale creatures. Yeah. Like it was a movie that should have been that could have been written 50 years ago about a white officer who got a black cop on the side who's racist. Um but instead of a black officer and an ogre, and the world hates ogres. Um, so that was like the big storyline, which was weak. Um, also, is he a murderer? In the beginning, Will Smith killed a fairy. They <laughs> like not, they were a fly. Not, right. Are they not creatures in this universe? <laughs> if elves exist here, how can you just kill a fairy like that? I don't get that. And then uh, in the background of one shot, there was a dragon. Oh, what is this dragon? This is L.A. How does this dragon get around? How does it, is that like a bird in this universe? Like, it doesn't make sense. It was just cool to have in the scene. That's why they put it there. Uh, yeah, too much of it was, this looks cool. And then the whole storyline with the elves and the glowing in the dark. And what was it even about? I don't know. I, it did look nice, though. I, I think it was beautifully filmed. They put a lot of money into it, for sure. But <laughs> the whole outside of the racist cop, because it's an ogre story, the whole elf storyline is still convoluted and did not make much sense. I won't disagree, but I would like to see a sequel. And I think it was really popular at the time. It was popular because it was Will Smith on Netflix. Um and I mean, it's a fine movie to watch. Um, I feel like it was the kind of movie like uh, Bird Box, where everyone's just talking about it. Um, so it got tons of views. Um, the soundtrack was pretty good. Um, again, it's Will Smith. But as a movie itself, uh -uh, did not. <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm full. I don't need more. Thank you. Okay. I understand. Right. But um, when you no. when you said fairies, that's what it reminded me of. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. The, the, this movie. Yeah. No, Good I get it because it's also the same thing. Like the like a modern day. I guess this one wasn't necessarily modern day, but it was kind of hard to tell what timeline this was in this movie. But that movie was supposed to be a modern day type situation. Yeah. Um but let's go ahead and give this one a rating. So the lowest rating is trash, middle is background noise, and the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the film The School of Good and Evil? I think um 
I think it's right in the middle of background noise. Um, looking at the tomato meter score, it's thirty-eight percent. Um, their their critics' response was: the cast is game, and the visuals are dazzling, but a deeply um, derivative narrative means a school for good and evil flunks on the storytelling front. And I will say again, I liked the movie. I liked the actresses, the actors in it. I like the idea. Um, you know, if you think too hard about it, it's not that great. But um, definitely, you know, worth clicking through on Netflix. You're not going to pay anything to see it. So not much to lose there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it'll definitely fall in the background to never be seen again. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rate it as a low background noise. Um, I was liking it until I got towards the end. Um, I do like the actors in this film. I think they do a pretty good job. Um, probably needed more Lawrence Fishburne. He wasn't really in it that much. But mm-hmm. um, overall, just kind of an okay, a, a below average to average film. Um, probably can skip it. <laughs> yeah. It does have a higher tomato score than uh, Bright. <laughs> that one's a little bit more exciting though right there's explosions <laughs> I mean they bomb guns hey fireworks it counts yeah fireworks buddy cop but not really so much laughing but Bright does have an 83% audience score like in hey counts for something but I think that does it for us at AM Reviews. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description. And if you want to send us a message, click the message link to get featured on the show. And thanks for listening.